If you're ready for freedom from the grind, then passive income from real estate investing is the best way to get you there. If you don't know where to start or what to do next, then the Rent Roll Radio Show is the best place to get you there. Join us while we discuss the best practices, strategies, and mindset you'll need and give you actionable content to get you from where you are to where you want to be. Hey, Rent Roll Radio listeners, welcome back to the show. As always, I'm your host, Sterling Chapman. Today, we are joined by George Abruhe. George, I get that right? Uh, <laughs> not really, but it's all good. <laughs> I hear you. Um, George is, uh, I was just telling him before we started recording, you cannot turn around in 2022 or 2021 for that matter without bumping into him. He is making moves all over the place. For those of our listeners that haven't uh, been in any multifamily uh, meetup group or or a conference over the last two years. Uh, George is the owner of G- JNT Construction, and he is also the owner of Elevate Commercial Investment Group, and they have been on fire recently. So, George, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me, Sterling. So, can you uh, tell our listeners your background, kind of which you know where you came from, what you were doing before real estate, and kind of how you got where you are today? Absolutely, man. So. Um... Born and raised in South Florida, good old Miami. Um, went to university, uh, stayed in Miami. So I went to Florida International University. Was starting to be an engineer, electrical engineer. And um, I really only went down that path because I was really good in math. Um, really good with numbers. But I think it was like sophomore year. I just, I knew I didn't want to be an engineer. Um, And I wanted to do, I wanted to create something larger than myself. You know, I wanted to open up my business, but I had no idea what. So I think like my junior year, I spent a ton of time in the library because you couldn't find everything online like you can now. (laughs) Um, you know, reading different books and kind of just trying to figure out what I was going to do and um, kept kind of going back to real estate investing. Like I saw a lot of successful individuals that built their wealth off of real estate investing or they built their wealth with something else, but then they grew it to another level using real estate. Um, so started going down that, that path, you know, I, I, I got my license, my real estate license, because I didn't know any better. And I got my mortgage broker license, same reason, you know, I was just trying to get involved close in to, real estate. Just get close yeah. to it. Yeah, started doing some 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 of those deals on the side and, and um, still while going to school and getting my degree. And then uh, finally hired a coach, um, Ron Legrand, single family. Um, investing coach. How much yeah, did you pay, uh, if you don't mind me asking? Oh man, back then. So this was about sixteen years ago. Um, I want to say it was like thirty grand. Um, nice. Yeah. So I mean, inflation hasn't. I think most of them are like forty now. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you know, it was well worth it, man. We went to the events, got the knowledge, and right off the bat, I think we made. Uh, 20 grand on our first wholesale deal. Um, so by that time, 
once I got things started, I had graduated with my engineering degree. I had gone to work for UPS in the engineering department while still doing this on the side. And then finally, I just, I was doing enough of the real estate on the side where it just made sense to quit. You know, so I quit my W-2. That was roughly about 15 years ago. Since then, I've been doing real estate full-time. Um, started with the single family, started the construction company a few years after the scale of the single family. And then about four and a half years ago, I got introduced to multifamily syndications and my mind was blown. <laughs> um, you know, I spent at that point, what, 10 years or so just grinding it out and, you know, scaling the single family and the construction company and um, a lot of hours, a lot of sleepless nights. And it was all trying to build this generational wealth and build this something larger than myself. And I was struggling with the single family, man. I, I kept running into some brick walls. And um, when I got introduced to the multifamily syndication, I was just like, that's it, man. That, that, that's got to be it. You know, I can buy 100 units, 200 units right off the bat. So I put all my energy and focus towards multifamily. I sold whatever single family I had at that point. I stopped doing any construction for, so I had taken on third party work with the construction work as well. Um, stopped doing anything to do with single family and started focusing 100% on multi. Since then we've uh, acquired uh, roughly around, right under 6,200 units, exited another 1,500 or so of those. We've got um, quite a bit in the pipeline right now as well. And um, hopefully hitting my goal this year is to hit at least 10,000 in acquisitions, 10,000 units, um, and just keep growing it. Awesome. So did you use your construction company as an end to get, like, how, what it, what does this transition look like from one day I'm buying single family, which is a completely different animal for a lot of reasons, but from, from a one like you know high level difference is the the marketing involved right when you're buying single families you're you're not as focused on the the type of marketing you're doing today towards investors so walk me through that transition yeah so to me multifamily is more relationship based really um than, than single family like uh i mean shoot you got People now wholesaling deals all online. They never even go see the property. And, like, um, you know, you don't really have to build too many relationships, I guess. Um, but multifamily, I feel like it's still very old school in a sense. And, and not even old school. It's just it takes a team to, to take these sure. properties down. And um, so I had to kind of change that mindset um, and, and really start networking more. Um, and putting myself out there and then building those relationships um, and then going back, back to how I made that transition. So that was one thing, right? You know, I, I needed to change my mindset there. Um, and luckily I had the construction company. So, you know, I don't suggest anybody to stop what they're doing right away and just go straight into multifamily. It, it takes a bit to get going. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it takes a bit to start making money in, in this industry. Um, so 
luckily I was able to just stop the single family because you know I still did have the construction going on. I still did have um, I was already renovating multifamily for for other investors, and I was already doing like commercial tenant buildouts and stuff. So I had that income coming in. Uh, so I was able to just stop the single family. I built a good team around me. Um, so I didn't really have to touch it too much. So I was able to focus a good portion of my efforts towards um, multifamily investing and uh, building those relationships. So you, I know a lot of people that have, have worked with you in one capacity or another, you know, whether it's raising capital for your deals or, so tell us a little bit about that because <clears throat> We touched on it. You said it's very much a team sport. And I get this conversation a lot because I still do both. I have, you know, multifamily syndications and a bunch of single family houses and people, I was speaking on it last night and somebody was like, do you like your single families more just because you own them all and you're not sharing it with all these other people? And I was like, not really. So <laughs> can you elaborate on like what your role in these teams are, what kind of partners you have, how you prefer to put them together, how, how it all is connected? For those of for those of our listeners that aren't you know as embedded in the industry, yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot of different transitions in it. So in the beginning, it was we could only the one aspect we didn't have was equity raising. So in our single family, we had a couple private lenders that put up the money. They trusted us. Boom, we got it done. And then, you know, at some point we started using our own money, uh, make sure private lenders are our own money. Um, but we had never really raised equity. Um, so the first couple of deals partnered up with somebody that had that experience and that could also sign on the loans with, loan with us and be a KP. They had a couple more uh, multifamily loans. So we missed that we filled that spot and we did everything else. You know, we found the deal, we did the asset management part of it, et cetera. Now, you know, where we're at now, we can cover all the aspects, right? We can sign on the loan, we can uh, raise the equity, but what we do is um, it helps us scale because we don't have to do everything for every deal. Um, you know, somebody can bring the deal to us and, can maybe help in other aspects. Um, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into just closing the deal, transactional. Like, sure. man, it's some of these are. You know, I'm in a, I'm in a loan assumption right now, and it's like taking over my life. <laughs> um, but uh, so we we leverage our partners in that sense, right? And then we can come in. Somebody brings us a deal, or somebody tells us, "Hey, look, I've got all this. I can raise this much equity, but I have no idea where to put it." Like, well, perfect. You know, <laughs> we know how to find deals. Let's, let's partner. Um, so, so that's, that's, yeah. What do you do for acquisitions? It, I mean, it is, it has been a notoriously tough market to buy in over the last couple of years. And you are just popping up with deals left and right. What is, what is your, your secret sauce for being able to source so much product? Man, just being able to cover a lot of, uh, area and uh i mean you see a lot of deals but you know that we're closing on a lot of deals but we've seen so many more you know come to work <laughs> we've passed on so many um and it's internally 
we have our systems on and looking for deals constantly. And then, like I said, we also have a, a lot of um, other investors wanting to partner with us, looking for our deals. And then, you know, I started a coaching program at the beginning of this year to kind of help in that sense too. I had investors bringing me deals already and I was like, well, some of them were making it kind of difficult to go through what they were bringing me. I'm like, well, why don't I coach them on what to find, how to find it, how to present it. Is the coaching uh, program $40,000? It is not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, so if the coaching is a, is a hot button topic in the industry, right? So or it, all throughout real estate investing, because there's right. a million, there's a million coaches that, you know, don't have much real estate at all. And that's their like primary business. Um, right. and, and, you know, some of us balk at coaching, although I'll tell you, I've interviewed enough Uber successful guys who went and wrote Joe Fairless, a $50,000 check, and then turned around two years later, they got a hundred million dollars in real estate. So it's hard to balk at the concept, you know? Right. Um, but I love the, the coaching from what you just said, you know, I'm not going to make my money, uh, getting them to pay me for the coaching. I'm going to make my money when they go out and find deals and we partner on them together. 100%. I mean, the, 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 what I'm charging is pretty minimal. Um, and it's not because I'm, I'm not trying to open an educational uh, business. Sure. That's, that, that's not my thing. I just want to teach others how to find deals so that we can partner on them right. and grow together. Um, and that's, you don't see that a lot. At least I haven't seen it a lot. There's a couple others um, out there right now that, it's pretty similar, but for the most part, it's what you said, you know, they do a couple deals, maybe a year, but 80% of their business is the educational piece. Um, yeah. No, I'm like, it's training an army of acquisition folks that are out there. Yeah, and and it, you know, you it's everybody wins, right? You're helping them. I mean, they're getting a ton of value out of it. You're right, getting a ton right. of value out of it. And then we teach them everything else too. You know, like once we're hundred percent transparent, once they're in a deal with us, I mean, they see everything and then they really start um, learning the ins and outs. And I understand that you know, eventually they're probably not going to want to partner or, or maybe they do want to keep partnering, but they'll have the ability if they want to, they can go, do it all. Sure. So what's your criteria for acquisition? Do you have like a, a simple, like back of the napkin, we need to hit this IRR. We need to, okay. So return metrics. Multiple. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely on the returns. And I mean, it's, it's ever changing. Um, now the asset class and all that has really grown. We used to be pretty specific. You know, we were looking for the ugliest of the ugliest, um, hundred plus units has always been our target for the most part. Uh, my first deal was 37 units. I didn't enjoy it. Um, sure. I like to have staff on site. Yep. So hundred plus units. And then, um, we would look for the ugliest of the ugliest and come in and, and really transform that property. Um, I would still take those projects on. I still enjoy those, but mm -hmm. the price has got to be right, which is sure very hard to find right now on, on a deal like that. I'd rather pay a little bit more for something that's newer. Um, I've seen you, I've seen you close on some A-class stuff lately. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, we, we've had success on some of the newer stuff as well. Uh, mainly developers that just aren't uh, really focused on pushing the rents and just uh, mm. want to sell it. You know, build it and sell it. Um, that has been very successful. And uh, yeah, so and then as far as returns, 
you know, we still try to like on a minimum, I want to try to be at a 16% IRR an 8% cash on cash, um, average cash on cash. Um, and maybe like a 1.8 equity multiple. Um, you know, that IRR can maybe start, we're looking at possibly some more long-term um, sure. or permanent uh, debt. So that our IRR may even drop a little bit more. Um, but yeah, it, it also depends on the deal. I mean, we're doing some hotel to multifamily. You know, those returns look a lot better because um, it's uh, more of a, he a heavy value add. And you're using your construction company seat when you do all your value adds, correct? Correct. So there's a ton of efficiencies there. I mean, you're going in at cost versus me who's got to hire a third party and pay a premium. Right, right. We know it's going to get done. We know how it's going to get done. We know the quality. Like it's, it's nice, man. I'm not saying everybody's got to open a construction company to be successful, but uh, if not, make sure you hire somebody that knows what they're doing. Yeah. Absolutely. So the I guess the big glaring question for for everybody, but somebody who's so heavily in acquisition mode, I really am interested in getting your take on uh, the economy, the interest rate. What's what's what do you see happening over the next few years? What do you see happening in the interest rate environment and the overall multifamily environment and the overall economy? It's a great question. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, look, man, things have gotten a little little rocky, right? Uh, you got the the rates rising. You've got um, the Fed telling us pretty much it's going to keep rising. They're going to keep raising the rate. Um, uh, you got these massive uh, rate caps. You know, the price to get a, a rate cap right now. It's pretty up there. Um, I mentioned a loan assumption, right? So, I mean, sure. we shied away from those. We stayed far away from those for, for a bit. And now they're looking a lot more attractive. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not saying we won't do bridge loans anymore. Um, I don't think we're there yet. I still still not convinced on how far the, the Fed is going to go on these rates um, yeah. on the, on the increases. I think they, they would be it's more of a scare tactic than a five. I, I think so, man. I do think so. Um, you know, I think it'd be silly of them to really go hard on it and, and crash the economy in, in a sense. <laughs> um, you know, we're just trying to slow it down, I, I believe. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we're definitely looking at all different types of debt now. I mean, bri bridge was our go-to for the last two years, right? Like there was no doubt we're going bridge, boom, easy, um, great terms. Now, shoot, I'm even, you know, we did during COVID, we did uh, two HUD deals, um, you know, maybe looking at that again. Um, so, yeah. What other changes? I don't have the crystal ball. But. Right. <laughs> what other uh, what other changes are you looking at implementing based off of the, you know, kind of what we think of shakiness? Yeah. Uh, you know, just being really cautious when 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 
when we're buying and looking at these deals, we're uh, location, 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 right? You know, we're looking for really good locations, um, areas that people are still going to want to live in and, and if the market gets real soft. Um, wherever there's not oversupply. So we want to make sure we can keep our rents where they're at and, and obviously raise them as needed per, per our business plan. Um, now, I know why I can obvious the, the negative impacts of the rising interest rates on, on us as operators and, and our carrying out our business plan are obvious, but from a rental demand standpoint, are you, are you in the camp of raising interest rates actually help our rental demand because it's a barrier of entry to home ownership? Yes, but I think there's, there's a lot more that plays with that. I mean, it depends on how bad it hurts the economy. Um, you know, who, who else are you hurting by doing that? And then, sure. Are they having to let staff go or, 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 or whatnot? Um, so a lot of different factors, but yes, I agree in, in, in general. And, and, and same thing with the rising prices of homes. You know, you have people that just can't buy a house. <laughs> right. Um, a, ri- a rising tide lifts all boats, but a sinking one. <laughs> yes, yes, correct, correct. So do I think rents are going to... In certain areas, maybe, right? But but we're targeting the areas where we don't think, you know, there, there's lower supply, there's a lot of demand, people want to be there, um, the economy's strong, those are the locations we're looking for. Um, and in those locations, I don't see us having issues with rents, as long as our capital stack and our debt, um, is set in place for being able to hold, you know, through long term this rocky market, you know, we're going to be solid. What is your investor avatar look like? What is your probably your target? Where do you get most of your capital from? Oof. Um, so I mean, maybe putting aside, we have uh, private equity partners, you know, that come in and, and take a big chunk of some of our deals, especially the larger ones. Um, I mean, I'm more mean, like, what's the makeup of your retail investor? The guy yeah, is yeah, putting yeah, up 50, equity. 100, 200 grand. Uh, we usually do 100K minimums in, uh, on our deals, and we've had pretty good success with that. We'll, you know, as managers, we can always let somebody in for, for less. And if we feel like, um, you know, it's not their last $50,000 <laughs> um, and, you know, it could lead to more, then, then we let them in. Um, we've got a lot of accredited investors. I mean, most of our deals are 506 C's. Mm-hmm. Um, did you, were you always that way or did you start with B's and then move to C's? First couple were B's, but I mean, I want to say we, we jumped on the C bandwagon pretty quick, man. I, I want to say we were obviously not one of the first, but definitely, um, there was not a lot of people doing it while we were doing it, put it that way. Um, yeah. And some people were, you know, I was getting messages like, oh, you can't do that. <laughs> um, you know, you, you can't market that deal. I'm like, uh, yes, I can, man. It's <laughs> um, So, yeah, and, and we get, look, a lot is from 
the leads coming in are from doing podcasts, from speaking at events, from social media, being active on social media. We don't uh, pay for lists or uh, we don't do a lot of paid marketing in, in, in general. Um, we've done some ads here and there. We'll, we'll probably starting to build out the investor relations even. I feel like we've left a lot of money on the table, just not being able to get to all our needs. I mean, we, we have leads daily at this point. And um, so we, we've brought in a, a partner for investor relations and they're really starting to tackle that. Um, so I think we'll, we'll probably be able to double our, our equity raises. And um, yeah. Awesome. What advice do you have for somebody who's just getting started in the industry? Uh, get started. <laughs> Take action. No. Um, but, well, no and yes. I mean, for real. So, sometimes I see <clears throat> investors um, overthink it. And, sure. you know, you definitely need to take action. Um, focus is huge. You know, that, that was a huge turnaround for myself. Um, I was spread way too thin. There's so much noise out there right now um, between crypto. I want self-storage. I want crypto. I want Airbnbs, shiny red balls everywhere. (laughs) Look, it's not till now, 6,000 plus units in and four and a half years later and all that, that now I'm looking at a couple different asset classes um, for um what what asset classes are you looking at uh mobile home parks uh interest me um just because nothing's affordable anymore i mean even your c-class though you know we keep so to me the next step would be you know mobile home parks in a sense uh and what's storage has always interested me. Um, what I like about storage as a diversification play is the, you know, the political risk associated with owning people's homes, right? You look at New York or California, like you can't kick people out. And, and, and that sentiment is, I'm sure going to spread, you know, to other larger cities and, but people don't really get emotional about other people's stuff. Right. Like, like, yeah, they don't want you to throw Susie out on the street, but they don't give a shit if you put Susie's old piano out on the street. Right. Right. Good point. Good point. I like that. I wonder, I don't know. Do they have more restrictions on storage in, in <laughs> New York and California? We'll have Probably. to look into that. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, those two, I'm sure we'll be doing something, uh, soon on those but still mainly focused on multifamily. um yeah man and, and what just would, what would you say to the new investor who says is now a good time to start because of xyz you know i had people tell me oh in 2018 oh the market's about to crash i'm gonna wait till it crashes and then i'm gonna get in and buy everything while it's low or oh you know the interest rates are about to rise i don't want to buy pro- you know what i mean what would you what would you say to that investor who's got those excuses or objections as to why, you know, uh, April thirteenth, twenty twenty two is not a good time to start in this industry? Man, to me, the easiest thing is look at look at the inflation report. Eleven <laughs> percent is what they're saying. Uh, I think it came out today. Or, what they'll um, admit to. <laughs> 
Right, right. So imagine what it really is. Um, so if you're just keeping money on the sideline, you're literally losing money by a large rate. <laughs> um, it's a hedge against the inflation. I mean, that's it. it, it if your property's cash flowing and you've got the knowledge and you've got, if, if you don't fully have the knowledge yet, right? Make sure you're partnering with somebody that does. Sure. Um, and what's the alternative? I mean, the, the alternative to me is not good enough to not invest right now. And like you said, I mean, I had people telling me in 2016 that <laughs> the market was going to, you know, was at the top. And, um, <laughs> You know, we kept them. There's money to be made in every single type of real estate market um, or cycle. Um, you just gotta have the knowledge, trust those that 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 have been through it and and know what to do and and navigate it correctly. Awesome. So I want to hop to our radio round real quick. Just three quick questions to let our listeners get to know you a little bit better. The first one is, what's your favorite book? Oh man, um, I'll give you a couple. Is that okay? No, that's good. <laughs> um, I love traction for business. So EOS I, system. I uh, I finished traction a couple of weeks ago, and I started Rocket Fuel today. Nice, nice. Yeah, the whole family of them, but traction should get you started. Um, and then uh, can't hurt me um Goggins. yeah man it's such a good and i and i suggest you listen to that on audio just because he uh throws in his two cents after every chapter and it's i think i think my last i think my last podcast guest recommended that as their favorite book and told me that i needed to listen to it on audible because he throws in his two cents Dude, I'm, pretty sure, man. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that our guests are going to hear that on back-to-back podcasts is the exact same thing. You got to listen to nice. Audible because it's uh, cool. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, what's your favorite quote? Yeah, I'm not really good at memorizing quotes, but uh, I'll stick with uh, Tony Robbins says uh, energy flows. No, what was it? Where you focus is where energy flows. So it kind of goes into um, what I was saying earlier, man. Focus. Absolutely. And what's your favorite thing to do outside of work? Assuming you have any time. (laughs) Um, You know, nowadays, any free time I have is is with my children. Um, You know, I got three three little girls. They're my world. They play every single sport. (laughs) And um, I... I love sports. I played a lot of sports growing up. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where I spend my time. Awesome. And um, where can our listeners find out more about you, get your coaching, invest with you? What's the best way to connect? Yeah, a ton of the information. Uh, we constantly update our website. So Elevate CIG stands for Commercial Investment Group. So ElevateCIG.com. Um, just navigate through there and, and you've got all our contact information if they want to see about the coaching it's uh my name georgiabrew.com and that's or in spanish jorge abreu 
Um, and I'm sure you'll put that in the notes. Or whatnot, oh, yeah. Put it all in there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, George, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. I, uh, I appreciated the, the, you know, I started this podcast selfishly to be able to talk to people like yourself. I always want to come talk to you at a, a conference, but there's typically a line. So I, <laughs> so I thought yeah, it was really, really enjoyable. And I'm really bad at uh, <laughs> cutting people off and like, it's hard. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna- it's it's hard. I really enjoy relationship building and I really enjoy one-on-one conversations, but I don't like crowds. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's uncomfortable because you know, you see somebody walking by and you really want to talk to them, but the person that's talking to you is in mid-sentence and it just it turns into this whole like dance that I'm just not good at. <laughs> so bad at it, man. I'm so bad. I'm with you. Well, awesome. But um yeah, man, grab me next time, man. I definitely will. I'm sure we'll bump into each other at about four more conferences this year. Cool. Looking forward to it. Thanks, George. All right. This episode was brought to you by Crestworth Capital. If you're a busy professional and ready to make passive income from real estate investing, then go to CrestworthCapital.com where you'll be able to download a free copy of our ebook to help you get started today. Until next week, happy investing.